Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. Before you take a seat, um, I just like to pray. I just like to pray over you guys, and um, and I just want to tell you the invitation before we get started. Is that good with everybody? I just want to give you. I loved getting the answer to the test when I was a kid. That made it easier. I love to look in the back of the book. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Math, yeah, the evens, but I would lose my odd answers, so that was good. But here's the, here's the end, is that our goal today is that you just experience the presence of God in this place. Not that you walk away and say, man, four points was awesome, but that you just experience the presence of God. So we're not inviting him here because he's already here. We're just asking him to do something big in this place. We're asking him to stir in this place because he's already here. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he's present. But my prayer specifically for you is that you will experience exactly what God has for you today. And so let's pray. In this place, God, we are so honored. We're so excited. God, I have a spirit of expectation in this place like I've maybe never experienced before. And so, God, I'm just honored. I'm excited, and I'm believing that you're going to do more than we can ask or imagine. And today, God, there's people with hurt. There's people with insecurities. There's people that have come in here with all kinds of baggage. But today, God, remove whatever is covering their eyes and let them feel the peace and the presence of your spirit in this place. Not by my words, not by my will, but by your word, the Lord. We love you, Jesus. And we're pumped up to worship the name that's above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you're Lord. We love you, Jesus. And everybody in this place said, amen, amen. High five somebody and say, get ready to experience his presence. Let me hear it. Get ready to experience his presence. Get ready to experience his presence. Today we're wrapping up a series, but if you missed it, it's all good. If today's the first day you've come, you'll get exactly what you need today, and it's going to be good for you. But the series has been about joy, and we've called it Repeat the Sounding Joy. And I know at Christmas time, joy can be something that sounds good on paper, but it can be really hard. Does anybody else agree with that? It can be really hard to experience joy at Christmas. But this is what joy actually is, y'all. Joy is the awareness of God's goodness and His grace. And so to rejoice is to repeat it over and over, which means to delight in God's goodness and grace constantly and exceedingly. Constantly and exceedingly. So this is the goal today that we will be aware of God's presence. Aware of God's presence. Here's what I think the problem is, is we have an awareness that He's present. But we personally oftentimes are not aware of his presence in our own lives. And that's the thing. So this is my question. And this is the other title. And sometimes we get two titles and we just go with it. Jamie, holler at me right here. And so the question is, do you see what I see? I need y'all to be honest with me. When y'all saw that, how many of y'all thought of the song? 
Let me see. Do you see what I see? A star, a star. I didn't grow up in church, Pastor. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's all good. Don't get mad at me. But I did. I, I put it up there. Or they put it up there. Y'all know what I mean. But they, we, we put it up on the screen because I think it's so relevant. But I was like, I'm not going to not be able to sing because the first thing that I think is a song. So we're going to go with it. But, but the reality is none of us see the same things. It's crazy because you can be standing. Do y'all remember the, the, the blue dress or the white dress? Y'all remember that? Now, how crazy is that? My wife? It, it what? Who said it? It was, I saw it. It was white and gold. But some of y'all saw it. What color? Blue and black. So you don't see what I see, right? Something's wrong. Then there's something else that comes to my mind with do you see what I see? And it's the fact that you can be present and know where something is because you saw it, but you got no idea where you saw it. If none of y'all know what I'm talking about, I'm going to give you a hint. Am I the only one? Now, listen, I know where my keys are if I've got 20 minutes to leave, huh? But if I'm in a hurry, now, I've got this one place that we're supposed to put our keys. And I put my keys there every time I don't have something going on the next day. Come on, y'all. But anytime, I'm in a hurry to get things done. I'm in a mood to sing today. Y'all just going to have to go with it. Anytime I'm in a hurry... I have no idea. And this is what my life is like. So if y'all like to judge, then you're going to really be able to judge me right now. Leah, you just say amen if no one else does. <laughs> Leah! I can't find my key! Leah's response, she's, she's very nice, so I'm going to exaggerate. What do you want me to do about it? But it's, it's nicer than that. What do you want me to do about it? Well, I don't know. Did you see them? I saw them, but I don't remember where I saw them. Well, I know I saw them. I put them there, but I don't remember where they are. Help me, somebody. Ah! And I know that I put them there, and I know that it's supposed to be in this place or this place, but I got no idea. And they end up in the craziest places. How in the world? Nobody else? Do y'all have this? Some of y'all have never lost your keys. I'm not talking to you today. You can tune me out because we don't understand you. Come on, somebody that knows what I mean. But it's crazy how, how we can be around it and know all about it, but we can miss it. And there's things in our lives that we miss every day that is all around, like it's right there, but we just miss it. And I feel like one of the things that we miss is the presence of God. And I've noticed that in life, for those of you that are old enough to remember 9-11, it wasn't that long ago. But if you're a teenager, it, it probably doesn't stick out to you. But all of us that are adults in here, we know where we were. And the presence of God was being called upon in that moment by our country. Do y'all remember that? Everybody was saying pray. Everybody was saying pray. But as soon as that situation that was tough goes away, the presence of God becomes optional again until we need him or until we want something. It's not something that we want to be around all the time. And as a result... We can't even recognize him when we're in his presence oftentimes. And I feel like the irony behind all of this is that all of us who have experienced him, and hang in with me if you haven't, but all of us that have experienced him should be able to call out things that show us. I, what comes to my mind is, like in a court case, if we were, if we were at a traffic light 
and one of us were on one side and one of us were on the other and there was a head-on collision and we were called to be eyewitnesses, there would be some key things that would matter. Were you on Facebook at that traffic light, right? Or were you paying attention? And all of us have an opportunity to be eyewitnesses to the presence of God, but there's some things that hold us back from seeing what I see, from you seeing what I see, or from me seeing what you see. And here's what the things are. I want y'all to see this because I think it's really cool. This is what damages, this is how lawyers go against eyewitness accounts. And I feel like it's so applicable to where we are in our lives. Look at this. Bam. Y'all like that color, don't you? Boom, boom. The first one is stress or anxiety. When a lawyer knows and he's going against you that there's some stress issues in your life, he'll begin to tear you apart based on your stress. I don't know if y'all know this, and if you didn't grow up in church, you may not. But it's not over-the-top information. The Bible calls Satan your accuser. And your accuser is going to come at you so that you will feel stress and anxiety in every area of your life. And many of you came in here today and you have tons of stresses and tons of anxieties. And if there's things in your life that you're feeling stressed for, the reality is that is the thing that you're thinking about. Can anyone agree with me in this place? That's the thing that we think about when we're stressed out. For some of us, it's going to be a little lighthearted, so y'all just laugh and don't feel awkward. For some of us, it's family. <laughs> right? Because you're thinking it is such and such time right now, but I know what I'm fixing to have to do. Because Uncle so-and-so, <laughs> I'm stressed. Or, or this is the one that came to my mind, and this isn't serious, but it's serious. I need some men to agree with me in this place. Women invented wrapping paper. Huh? Because I can't make this the tape thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like it just isn't it ragged out. And I don't understand it. Praise the Lord for gift bags in Jesus' name up in this place. I don't even understand. Like it don't even make sense. Just leave it out. My thing is we should just put them out there. Santa Claus ain't wrapping gifts, right? Come on. He, he's got too much to do. The elves know whatever. So let's just do our thing and put it down there in Jesus' name. So, but, but then there's some really big stuff. Listen. Some of y'all have been through some heavy, 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 heavy junk this year. Or in the last few years that you've come in here and you feel so much weight and so much anxiety that you don't even know what to do about it. Listen, and that's the immediate thing that the accuser is going to start calling you on. And you start feeling that anxiety and it's hard to remember what you've seen. Or it's hard to even see it if you've never seen it. The presence and the power of God in your life. And so anxiety or stress is the first one. The next one is reconstructive memory. And I think this one's fascinating. This is where you can't quite remember. Can I just tell you that I feel like this is probably where the church is today? This is where we can't quite remember, so we begin to fill in the blanks. And out of fear or out of ignorance for not understanding what really happens when you're in the presence of God, we begin to reconstruct what his presence actually is about. And we begin to be afraid, and we begin to be weary. And we think of ourselves, listen, I'm guilty of this if none of you are. We begin to think, look at me. <laughs> I got this, and all of them's crazy. This is how you kind of know if reconstructive memory is taking place in your life. If the only people that you think about when they're struggling is them and not your struggles. When the only sin that comes to my mind is your sin and not my sin, then I begin to reconstruct what God's presence is like. Because listen... When I experience God, the only thing that I can think is, God, how is it possible that you love this sinner? Yeah. 
not your sin, my sin. So if you're around people that constantly belittle and berate and hammer every single person around you, it's because they are having a reconstruction of what God's presence is actually like. And then here's the next one. Weapon focused. I think this one's fascinating. In court, one thing that defense attorneys will try to do if there was a weapon involved in a case is try to make the person that's the witness tell you all about the weapon that was used. Why? Because if you tell me about the weapon, you'll forget about the person. That's what we do. That's what we do. We remind God about all the weapons that are formed against us. I'm about to preach up in here, and I'm not even getting started yet. The Bible says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That I need to stop telling God how big my problems are, and I need to start telling my problems how big my God is. But I lose focus because I lose my ability to be an eyewitness because I focus on the weapons that are formed against me. I feel like God told me to say this, and so this is for somebody in here. If it's for one person, then I'm talking to you, lady in the back, whoever you are. I'm talking to somebody in here. But that weapon that's come against you is, is only for a season. That sickness is not a sickness unto death. Your life is not ending with what you believe it's ending with. God has a great promise for your life. He's got a hope and a future for you. He's got a great plan for you, and he is going to set you apart. And your feet are going to be on the solid rock, and his name is Jesus. And so all of those things that have begun to come against you, I'm here to tell you today that that is not your end. That is part of your story. And then the last one is leading questions. And this is where I think the enemy is so good. The accuser is so good. Because he whispers lies in our ears all the time. And we repeat them to ourselves many, many more times than he ever will say them. And all of these things run together. Because then, because of leading questions that cause me to lose track and lose focus of his presence in my life, I begin to have a reconstructed memory and I begin to be stressed out about things that I never should. And I lose sight of what's right in front of me. Because I know that they're here. And I know they're around me. But I can't, for the life of me, remember where they are. And so today, I want to take you to a story that if you've ever read the Bible in your life, you're probably familiar with the wise men or magi. But here's, here's a little bit of background. What's happened is an angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby and she was a virgin, and she had a baby with Joseph, her husband, who was with her. And they called him Jesus, just like the prophecy said, and, and they laid him in a manger. And that's the Christmas story that we're all familiar with. But then a little bit of time passed, and the Bible says he was a child. And this is the part that I believe we can see the difference between experiencing the presence and being aware of the presence of God and missing it. And I feel like at Christmas time, there's so many distractions that we can know about it, but we can miss the presence of God because of all the, the hustle and bustle is what everybody used to say around me. If y'all know what that is, if y'all have been to the mall, Jesus' name, in the last few weeks, you know what that is. And so here's what the story says if you have your Bibles in Matthew chapter 2. It says, now after Jesus was born which is the celebration of Christmas that God became man and came down to us. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men or magi from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he that has been born king of the Jews? Now this is fascinating, y'all, because these guys were not naturally supposed to be worshiping the king 
of the Jews. I wish I had time to tear this down, y'all, because it's so amazing. But there was a reason that they had been looking for, for centuries for this star. They were looking. They were looking, and when they saw it, something changed. Look at this. It says, for, for we saw his star. We saw a star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. And it's almost like right here they were saying, do you see what I see? Verse, th- verse 7, listen. So verse 3, 4, and 5, there's this conversation back and forth. And there's this discussion that's taking place. Do you want to come? Do you not want to come? What's this going to look like? And then verse 7, I think this is fascinating. Because Herod was the king. He was in Jerusalem. And Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, is five miles away. Not an hour and a half. Not forever. Five miles away. It's right. You can actually see part of Bethlehem if you're in the city of Jerusalem up on the hill. You can see it. And it says, then Herod summoned the wise men who were from a thousand miles away secretly and ascertain from them what time the star had appeared. This is what this tells me. That proximity doesn't mean presence. That just because you're close, (laughs) come on somebody, just because you're close to your keys don't mean you're going to find them. If they fell under your bed and you kicked them somehow and you forgot that you did because you had to get up and pee in the middle of the night, come on, talk to me. Just because you're close doesn't mean it's present. And many of you will come in this place and you'll just want to get your Jesus ticket punched and then you'll go want to leave. But that does not mean you'll experience his presence. You have to have eyes to see. You have to to be listening and leaning in. And it's not listening to Mark. It's listening to his voice in your life so something changes. And these wise men, these, these very powerful Persians from the Far East saw something that was five miles away from Herod and they missed. I think that's so fascinating. And so Herod wanted to know, there's something going on here. And I want to know what's going on. And then he sent them to Bethlehem five miles away. So crazy. Saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me, excuse me, bring me word that I too may come worship him. Like, how often is it that we in our lives tell somebody to do that stuff for us? Will you pray for me? Now, listen, I believe that it's powerful to pray for each other, and I believe we should pray in agreement, and I believe we should do that every single day. But I'm telling you right now, I can't make the presence of God come in your life. Only you and God can do that. And I feel like so many times what happens is we think that the pastor's the one that has access to God. I need you to know that when Jesus came, he gave all of you access to God. That all of you can have an opportunity to come before him in his presence with thanksgiving in your heart and enter into his courts with praise. We get a chance to talk to him every single day. It's crazy. But it seems like work because it seems like something that only religious people do. That's not, that's not what this is about at all. And, and, and to me, this is the most amazing thing. These guys have come from a thousand miles away. Herod hears there's this king and I need to know about him. And he says, you know what? Why don't you go find him and you go do all the things and then you just tell me because I don't want to do the work. I don't want to do anything. I need you to find him for me. I need you to experience all that thing for me and then you tell me because I'd like to get a little bit of something that you've got. I want to see what you see. I just don't want to walk where you've walked. I'm preaching. And then, after the wise men listened, I love this part so much, y'all. 
they went on their way and behold the star that they had journeyed from a thousand miles away and they knew something special was going on with this star and they knew that the king that was to be born had been born and they were going to see him. That they had seen when it rose went before them. I could just preach right here and just get going about the went before him but I need you to know this before I move on. There's many of you that have journeyed this year and you feel lost. You feel hopeless. You feel like God forgot you. And anxiety... And leading questions and a new story that you're writing for yourself that's not God's story. And a weapon focus has begun to be your story and what you believe is your destiny. But I need you to know that God has gone before you. And he's blazing a trail for you. And he's prepared a place for you in the presence of your enemies. And he's waiting on you to have his presence in your life because he is not a bully. He's a gentleman and he loves you and he's just waiting on you. He's just waiting on you to acknowledge him first above all else and say, God, I remember you. Even though I don't understand this junk that's all in my life, I remember you and I'm waiting on you and and I'm opening my arms to you. And I, I would not have chosen this life that has come to my house, but I trust you. So let's do this. Because in all things, God goes before us. And when the star had gone before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was, I just... I want to tell you today that my prayer for you is the same as my prayer for me. That whether or not I experience the greatest success on this wor- on, in this world and, and, and do all the things that I think I might be able to do or not do, the one thing that I hope is that when I leave this planet, I have experienced the presence and power of God in my life and passed it on from generation to generation. And if that's the only thing I accomplish because he's gone ahead of me, then to God be the glory. This is where it gets good. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When they saw, listen, five miles away, the same star, and literally thousands of people all around, and and maybe none of them recognized what was right in front of them. But when people who had journeyed from a thousand miles away Who were the people who it wasn't supposed to be? When they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. They they understood that right before them was the presence of God in flesh and and that they were going to get to experience it in just a second. And what will bring joy to your life is not the next thing or what you wish you had, not the job promotion that you wish you had, not a bigger house or a bigger car, and none of those things are bad, but that will not bring you joy. Only God in your life will bring that to your life. And and somehow these guys understood that. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. This is what comes to my mind. Behind me, I don't know if y'all can see it, but on the wall, y'all see the green and red dots? Can y'all see that? Those things are called star lasers. Y'all have seen them on the houses, right? Y'all seen them? My family loves to go look at Christmas lights. And when I say my family, I mean my wife and kids. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hmm. And so my son started screaming this one phrase every time he would see these guys on houses. Daddy's a lighter! A lighter? What is that? What are you talking about? Oh, my goodness, I love lighters so much. And so there's, there's one two houses down from us, and every night, Joker is ready for bed, 
in his PJs. Daddy, we got to go outside and see the lighter before we go to sleep. All right, so we go out half naked. We walk out. We're going to see the lighter, everybody. And we see it, and it's awesome, and it's crazy. And when he sees it, he rejoices with great joy. I'm just telling you. He has an expectation for that lighter that's a lot different than what daddy does. Daddy's just trying to get back in the house, get in the bed, and do my thing. You know what I'm talking about? Go to sleep. I'm not, y'all don't get crazy, but <laughs> thank you, Lord. But there's an expectation that he has that's crazy, and so I bought him one. One of those two were his. I don't know. I think it's that one. One of those two were his, and I bought him one. So it was a surprise. It was a father-son little evening that we had a week ago. And when I bought it for him, I just, I should have videoed the whole thing. Because I would have made money. I'm just telling y'all. Because he, he was so excited. He goes, Daddy, that's our own lighter right there. <laughs> and I was like, man, one day I hope I get that excited about something. You know what I'm talking about? And we put it in his room because he was like, I love it outside, but I want it in my room. I was like, all right, that sounds good to me, whatever. So I put him to bed, and Leah and Laney were at a plate, and I, I walked in. I put him to bed about 8.45. I walked in his room at about 10, okay? And that joker's wide awake. <laughs> I'm talking about he ain't saying nothing. He's on his back, and his eyes are this big, and he's looking straight up at it. And I walked in and said, what are you doing awake? It's my and I was like, this dude is crazy, but I love it. And then I thought of this. That's probably what they were like. You know what I mean? That's probably what they were like. You know, because I think this is what we, what we do with Jesus is, is we hope that Jesus can wave this wand over us and we can see him. And then maybe your faith can do something for my faith and, and maybe we can just play the religious thing. Maybe I'll be good enough at the end of my life that my good outweighs my bad and all this stuff. And maybe a little Jesus sprinkled in will help me out. That's not what these wise men thought. That's not why wise men, and I believe there were many. There were three gifts, but I believe there were many of these guys and they were very important. I believe that you don't travel a thousand miles on camels, donkeys, and feet to just go see something and say, all right. There it is. Praise God. We get to go home now. But it's the thing that keeps you up at night that you just stare at the ceiling. And you say, I just got to have that in my life. And when I have that in my life, it changes everything. Because it's not just religion. It's a love relationship. And it captures us like the love that you have or had for your spouse or your first love. And it's amazing. And I believe that's the kind of when they saw the star that they were experiencing and why they rejoiced with great joy. And then it says, in going into the house, they saw the child with Mary. Now this is, this is the part, y'all, that has got me really torn up the last few days. And it says that they fell down and worshipped him. I, I need you to get this. At this time, and this is going to ruin your, your manger scene, but just keep it up and don't be mad at me. They were not in the manger still. It says that they had gone into the house. And so Jesus was probably 18 months old. He's a toddler. If anybody's ever had an 18-month-old in this place, you better talk to me up in here. They, you ain't going to fall down and worship them. <laughs> but imagine this. Imagine the social status of a carpenter who was lowly. They would have been lower class. This would not have been an amazing house. 
and they walk into this place with all their jewels and, and their crowns and all of the things that make you so big and amazing. And then this word, this word, fell. See, when we depict this in like plays, we do this, this sovereign, beautiful, slow, methodical falling. This is what the word fall means. Because I looked it up, I was so fascinated by it. It means to collapse, like when dynamite hits a building. To collapse. Whew. This is the part, y'all, this is the part. The word for power in the Bible is dunamis. Now, normally I don't give you Greek words, but it's important today. Everybody say dunamis. Y'all have learned a Greek word in Jesus' name. That's where we get the word dynamite from. The Bible says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And then Paul wrote to Timothy that the Lord didn't give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind or self-discipline, a clear head. You know, anytime that I've read power, I thought that this was about me, that I get to be powerful, that I get to be strong, that it's all about what Mark gets to do. And then I realized this, that when the power of God through his presence first hits you, it's not about what you get to do. It's about what you get to experience. When the power of God through his presence first hits you, it's not that you're all of a sudden better than everybody else. Because God doesn't make me better than you. His presence through his spirit makes me better than me. And all of a sudden in my life, there's a shift that takes place from me-centric and me-focused to God-focused. And the power of God in my life is not so that you think that I'm great, but because I think he's great, and I think he's even more great, and I can't stop looking at him. And when I see him, I repeat the sounding joy, and I'm overwhelmed by his presence, and, and I can't believe it. And when these wise men walk in there, the Bible says that they collapsed in the presence of a little kid. But this little kid wasn't just some little kid. He was God in flesh. And they recognized it because they had been looking for it. You are all looking for something in this place. I don't know what it is, and I don't know where you're going. But I'm telling you right now, when you look for the Lord Jesus, and when you call on his name, you will find him and you will receive everything that he has for you. And it may not be what you wish you had, and it may be totally different than the life that you would have planned, but when you begin to experience his presence, things begin to shift and things begin to change, and there's nothing like being in his presence. And most of us just want to get out of hell free card and to punch our Jesus ticket and to celebrate Christmas as Jesus being part of it. But y'all, Jesus wasn't just part of Christmas. He is Christmas. And this is, this is my favorite part with power. I'm going to read this part to close the service. And so y'all don't forget the gifts. But I want to just go ahead and show you this. If you're familiar with Oh Holy Night. I love this. Surely he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. 
Thursday night we went over to Five Point. Pastor Jamie is here with us. And we went over there and we had a great time cheering them on and celebrating. And Shannon sang their Thursday and Friday services. And I had an expectation. I love Pastor Dean. I love their church. And so my expectations were high. But when Shannon started singing Oh Holy Night, I've heard that song, y'all. And y'all have heard it. Whether you've grown up in church or not, y'all have heard that song. Am I right? But this line, this line, this line right here, I was broken. I mean, I literally had, I had to sit down and take a deep breath. And I just had tears running down my face because this is why. I am overwhelmed to the point of sickness of what this country is going through right now with racism. And I've put a weight on me that was never supposed to be on me that I somehow will have something to do with being able to rid the world of this because I realized this Mark Pangle is no breaker of any chain and Mark Pangle is no ender of any slavery and Mark Pangle is no ender of any oppression but my God Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 <clears throat> says that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow on in heaven and on earth and under the earth and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. What I find fascinating about that is it gives the picture of what happened with the Magi, that rich people will come into the presence of poor people and poor people will come into the presence with rich people and black and white and young and old and man and woman and all races and all peoples and everywhere. And when we enter into his presence, we will fall and collapse before a holy God. And we will worship his name because it's above every name. There's nothing that you've named yourself this year that's like the name of Jesus. But what's got me burdened this Christmas season and what's got me torn up inside is that somehow we've twisted this to be about us. You see, the Christmas story isn't about me coming to God. The Christmas story is about God coming to me and coming to you. And it's the fact that he came to us. That's what makes Christmas so miraculous. Because I want you to think about this. God, God, the one who spoke and made light, the one who spoke and made this earth and everything in it, the one who is and is to come, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, sent his son to be in the form of a man and take on death, even death on a cross, so that I could be called his son and be his righteousness. There is no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. We're more than conquerors. That's what Christmas is about. It's not about something that I've done, but it's all about what he did. That when he came, he didn't just come to be a baby. He came to rise up, to live a sinless life, to die on a cross, but rise up once again and be seated on God's right hand today so that I could call on him anytime, any day, any night and say, God, I need you. And Jesus is right there beside him saying, listen to him, I died for him. I died for him. I love him. I love her. I love her. 
And this is the bow. John chapter 1 verse 9 says that the true light which gives light to some people. Is that what it says, everybody? Some people wonder, who is this message for? I'm here to declare in this house that it's for everyone. And it's not my words. It's God's words to you that, that this message is for you and everyone else that Jesus was coming into the world and that he came and that he offers you a seat at the table with him and that he wants to call you son or daughter and wants to call you by name. But here's the deal, everybody. You can leave this place and say, I liked that message, but miss the presence of God because it's not about liking a message. It's about seeing what I see. It's about experiencing what God's intended for you to experience when you enter into his presence. And this is all it is. It's amazing to me that God made salvation so simple. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, not a cool cat that came down to die and go away, but my Lord above all and through all and in all, not part of my life, but the head of my life. And believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I'm saved. I'm saved. That's it. It's not magic. It's simply trusting him and him alone. Will you let anxiety, weapon focus, a new story that you're trying to write for yourself because you're so torn up, or anything else in this world keep you from the presence of God by simply saying, Jesus, I need you this season. The message of Christmas is that Jesus came for you. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I believe that God is in this house. I believe he's in this room right now. And I believe for many of you, he's calling you. And I need you to know that the only way to have peace and joy is not through positive outlooks or new ways of thinking. And I love those things. And I believe we should be those things, but I believe it should be rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. And the only way that you'll ever truly find peace is by saying yes to Jesus. I will follow you. I will be your, I will be your son or your daughter, and you will be my Lord.